You're listening to the Seek, Go, Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Welcome, everyone, to season two of the Seek, Go, Create podcast. This season is entitled The Nomad Life. And episode one is really going to be all about kind of where I'm at and what we're doing, the thought process, the mindset, and really just being different, thinking like a nomad, which is so much different than the way most of us have thought, most of us were raised, most of us live in our current culture, in our current society, especially in what I'll, you'll hear me use the term quite a bit, first world society our Americanized, Europeanized, first world culture where uh, we have homes, we have TVs, we have a bunch of stuff, and we just live a certain way. This is going to stretch that a little bit and, and make folks, like I said in a preview, if you listen to it, a little bit uncomfortable. But before I even get started, I kind of have to give a little bit of background, a little bit of where I'm at, and also prep you because for those that might be watching this on video, I'm doing some video clips of it, or if you're just listening in, let me kind of describe the setting here. I am currently sitting in the passenger seat of an RV, a recreational vehicle. It's 39 feet long, so there's roughly 39 feet behind me. And on this passenger seat, I have in front of me a microphone that I'm using to record. I have a a webcam that I'm recording the video, and I've got a 27-inch iMac in front of me that I do my work on, my coaching and consulting and writing and things that I do. And of course, recording this so that I could share this with you. So I say all that to also say that I'm in an RV park on a river in the central part of Oregon. And right now, as I'm speaking, there is a truck going by that's probably a diesel that's got a loud humming noise in the background. Across the way from me here, there's some neighbors that have two Harleys, one left out early this morning. There's a good likelihood, in fact, the odds are very good, that he will come back in while I am recording this, and you will know, without a doubt, there's a Harley in the background. But I say all that to say you might hear some noises in the background. We are, we are, my wife and I are living a nomad life. We're traveling. Uh, Currently, for this month, we're on a river here in central Oregon. And we move all around and and travel and do our business, do our work. And it is a very different, very different lifestyle. So I live in an RV. I am living the nomad life that I'm going to be talking to you about. And you'll hear it. There'll be a few dogs in the background and things like that. And I'll tell you, and over the course of this season and some in this episode here, some of the things that we really, really love, some of the challenges, kind of how we went about that and and, and all that led us to doing this. Before I, before I get deep into mindset and, and some, some additional items related to why someone would do this, why they wouldn't, uh, what has to go on with the thought process, I, I do want to back up just a little bit and explain some of the, I guess, life events, some of the things that led us to this stage that we're in because it is a little bit different, even though it's probably not that much different. There are probably many people that have one foot in the door and, and have considered this and, and might want to experience parts of it. And, and that's, that's all great. That's fine and good. We, we actually, as we travel, we run into a lot of people. We tell them what they're doing. 
many people are doing it similarly because we are out in in traveling currently in an RV. But many people, when we tell them how we've come to do this and how it's all come about, they say, wow, that is really, really neat. And again, for those that may have listened to season one and know how painful the process was, it wasn't that neat, but the results are kind of cool now. So as we, as we talked about in previous episodes, in 2008, we had a number of companies that were doing well financially. We lived in a large home in a resort community, gated community, golf course, and there was a Ritz-Carlton where we lived. Anyway, we were, we were living in what many people would say in, in the society. We were living a, a very nice life, had a boat and all that kind of stuff. And we were primarily in real estate. We had multiple real estate companies that did very well. And the downturn, without going into detail here, took, took all of that, wiped all that out. And, and so we found ourselves basically moving into an environment where we weren't going to have a place to live. And, and part of that process that we went through leading up to in 2013, when we actually left that home, lost that home, left that home, was that we had to downsize, get rid of a lot of things and think differently about stuff and what to do with them. And, and then we also had to think differently about living. We were used to and accustomed to living in a very nice home and there's nothing against that. There's nothing wrong with that, but we were somewhat forced to think differently and that's what we did. And so that you kind of know a little bit about that journey after we became nomads is the way we term it now in 2013 we uh we then started traveling and we began house sitting and and i'll tell you just a little bit of the story here in early part of 2013 we wanted to kind of test out austin texas we were living in georgia about halfway between atlanta and augusta at the time and we made the decision we said, you know what, Austin has always seemed like a cool town. Why don't we try to visit Austin? But because of our finances and things like that, we couldn't just go live there and, you know, get a nice place or even hotel rooms or anything for that matter. And we didn't really understand a lot of creative things at that time. So I had a few friends there. We reached out to them and said, hey, if if anybody has an extra space, an extra room or, or, or they want someone to just watch their place or anything like that we'd be open to it well we basically said that and within a couple of days we got calls back call back from a friend that said that he had neighbors in a high-rise right downtown Austin I think it was about a 38 store built story building and these people were on the 23rd floor that they were going to be traveling for a month and they would love someone to come watch their place and watch their two small dogs well we love dogs we didn't have any at the time but so we did that. So we basically house sat for, I believe it was the month of February in Austin, Texas, early part of that year. And what it did, like so many things, it just opened up our minds to possibilities because the way I grew up, the way I thought, I didn't really know that that existed. And I really didn't at that time think that it existed much beyond this one-time relationship that we had and that we went out and helped these folks. We lived in downtown Austin. We could walk to everything around downtown Austin, which is awesome, by the way. We loved that area. And we were just able to experience the, uh, the city in a different way. We weren't a tourist. We weren't going in for two days, flying in and then leaving and trying to get as much in. We were able to really experience it. And we really loved that. My wife and I have come to realize we're not good tourists 
that we really enjoy immersing ourselves in areas and visiting a church or visiting uh, restaurants and doing it on on nights that it's not very crowded like during the week and just things like that so that really opened up a lot of possibilities to us so later that year during the summer of 2013 is when we moved out of the home we had lived in for around 10 years we had tucked most of our possessions which were very little by that time into a small storage unit we got into our Honda van at that time, our, our 11, 12-year-old Honda van that had 250,000 miles on it at the time. We put a few storage things in there, clothing, because we were not sure how long we would be on the road, and we just hit the road. We basically went and stayed with some family for a little while, and I may talk about that later because it also started getting us realizing how much stuff we all accumulate because it was actually my parents' home for a short period of time. And I started thinking to myself way down the road, if my parents were to pass away and when they pass away, someone's going to have a lot of stuff to put away or get rid of. And so we just started thinking about that because we had been through that process ourselves of going through downsizing and getting rid of things and storing things and selling them and, and those type things. So so anyway, we went to my parents' home and we started seeing what that was like and living out of our van. And we appreciate all the people that were so kind to us during that time because we, we would have been out, out maybe not on the streets, but we would have been uh, living a very challenging life if we weren't, uh, if we weren't able to have the, the, the have the, uh, I guess, the caring and concern of people around us. And so that's the way we started off. And what we ended up doing is we continued traveling. We went and visited some friends that were friends of ours we'd done business with in Colorado. We had never been there. Stayed with them. They were very gracious. They had a few vacation homes that weren't being used at the time. And so we stayed in some of those and tried to help them with a few things. And that was a real blessing to us. We enjoyed that. And then there's some very unique things that happened. We kind of had gone to Breckenridge, Colorado, and we were we had we had had a few dollars, and we stayed there over Thanksgiving of that year. And I just I, I, early on Thanksgiving morning, or it might have been the day after Thanksgiving, I opened up an app that I'd kind of been watching, and it was a house sitting app. And I opened it up, and this notice came. Of course, they know where you're at, algorithms and things. We'll talk more about that when we talk about downsizing and essentialism is that you're being tracked and people know what you buy. They know what they know where you spend money and they know where you are. And so I, I had this notice pop up and it said, would you like to, would you be interested in house sitting in Breckenridge, Colorado? And we loved Breckenridge. It was a great town. It was the first time we'd ever been there. And I said, hmm, yes, we would love to house sit in Breckenridge. And uh, other than the Austin experience, we hadn't really done any additional house sitting. And so I reached out to the people digitally on via that site. And we actually were able to go meet with them, which in a lot of those matchmaking type uh, apps and sites, you can't physically meet with someone. We met with them. They said, hey, would you like to come back to Breckenridge February and March? And for six weeks, we're going on a missions trip and you can watch our little dog and stay in our condo right near the mountains right here in Breckenridge. Well, it didn't take us long to say, yes, we'd love to do that. So that kind of started the first phase of our nomad life 
which we're going to talk about in future episodes, and that is the, the house sitting. We actually did house sitting all over the world. We did it in a very... Um, we did it in a very interesting way. All over the U.S., we were living out of our van, and and but but living in very nice homes. And then we actually jumped over the Pacific Ocean to Australia, and for nine months we did house sitting in Australia, as well as New Zealand. We actually stayed in New Zealand for six months, and uh, and we enjoyed that thoroughly. And anyway, it was it was just a great experience. I'm sorry, it was three months that we were in New Zealand. But uh, for, for months we were in Australia, a number of months we were in New Zealand, and we went back to Australia. So we did house-sitting all over literally the world, and it's a really cool way to be a nomad. And then there's obviously pros and cons, and we'll talk about that in future episodes of this season. But uh, And that'll be titled probably How to Live in Houses That You Don't Own, You Didn't Build, and You Don't Pay the Bills. So, uh, so anyway, that's part of that journey that we, that we did. And then after that, we actually attended Bible school for a few years. And, and, uh, and, and we were a little more stationary, even though we still traveled quite a bit during that time. But then after we finished that up, my wife and I kind of looked at each other and said, we would like to travel again, but we would like to do it differently. And we didn't really know what that looked like, but one morning she had been spending time in prayer and she came out and she goes, I think that we're supposed to get an RV. And I, I, I wish I could portray, it's hard to probably do it on the podcast, but on the video, I'm not even sure I could do it well, but the look on my face was probably priceless because it was probably something to the effect of, you have absolutely got to be kidding us in an RV and you know it conjured up memories of when I was a kid we visited some neighbors and neighbors that we had up at the lake and in North Georgia that had a little little bitty camper and tent and I just I kind of had all these bad thoughts come to my mind but I didn't say anything for those of you that are married you know you don't quickly respond and I paused and I said well okay let's see what that looks like and so what we did was kind of the joke is this that I tell this to people all the time if you've been around me you've heard it was that in June of that year didn't really know how to spell RV so in early July we bought one and in July and August we gutted the whole thing and and redid it and built offices and painted it and redid all the flooring got rid of all the carpet and everything and then and then January of of this year, earlier this year, that being 2019, we moved in full-time and have just been traveling around, going where we feel that we're supposed to go, looking for places that nourish our soul and and just learning how this lifestyle is. And we stay in places for a fairly reasonable long time. We don't jump around night to night, but uh, this is kind of where we are and how we're living now. And I only say that to kind of give, I guess, a little bit of credibility to the next episodes coming up in this season is that we've done most of what I'm going to be talking about. And and so we're going to be talking from firsthand experience. And, and we're not in any way saying this is the best way or the only way. It was just our way. And maybe you can learn some things from it. Maybe you'll listen to it and go, you know, 
I know a lot of things, but I absolutely do not want to do what they did and how they did it. And you know what? That's cool, too, because that's part of life is is identifying those things that we don't want to do. And so so it's just to get us thinking, really. And so what I want to talk about now, I guess, is just a mindset of arriving at doing something different. And, and I'll tell you, for those listening, you might be kind of thinking about this and going, you know, I don't really see myself being what we call a nomad and traveling, even though you, most people would say they like to travel. But this is not necessarily just about that particular lifestyle of being a nomad. It really is about a mindset. And, and I just want to I just want to stretch all of us a little bit is that and that we really need to be open to thinking about new things, about different things, about creative solutions, instead of believing and thinking that there is only one way of doing things because I believe it's very limiting for us and and it creates a burden for us I believe if we get in the the thought process of thinking that there is only one way of doing something and I'll give you a few examples real-world examples that we experience and that I've observed from other people and I believe this will help you help you out maybe just to frame some of what we're gonna be talking about this season and, and I, I think back to when we were raising our children, and both of our children are grown now, and they function well in society, and they interact well, and they have good interactive skills. And I bring that up because there was a time years ago, this was back in the, um, the mid, to, mid to late 90s, that we were considering homeschooling our children. And, and I'll tell you the reason why we did that. I mean, we, both my parents were educators, and so traditional schooling was kind of what was bred into my thought process. And, and we really were going down that route with our children. Our, our daughter had started school. Our son was about to be starting school. But we were entrepreneurs. We were business people. For those people listening in that are, that are business people yourself, you realize that many times if you own your own business, if it's not geographic specific or location specific, that you actually have some flexibility. You can travel at different times of year. You can go places and do your business from other locations, which is what we've done for many, many years. But we started realizing that the only thing that was limiting us as far as our time goes and our location was our children being in a specific school in a specific location and we realized that we were thinking like like many people think and that was that we need to live somewhere so that our children can go to this school and if they don't go to this school they're not going to graduate and and integrate into society well and be able to go to college and succeed in life and let me just say that that is a very limiting way of thinking and I know some people are listening to this already and I'm probably stepping on toes I I was about to say I apologize for that but I don't really because I do not think that there is only one school district or one school or even one way of educating your children that is their only path to success and so we started stretching ourselves and thinking a little bit differently and what we did was we started homeschooling. We homeschooled a year, 
And then we went through some situations where we decided to put them in a private school. And we were a little bit anxious at the time. And when we put them in the private school, we were concerned that they might be behind, may not be able to integrate. We found out that they were way ahead, the rest, way ahead of the rest of the children that were their age, and that really that one year of homeschooling was a great experience for them. So they did private school for a year, and then we pulled them back out and we homeschooled and have essentially done that ever since. They graduated. Our daughter went to college. Our son chose to go a different path. He started his own business, and he's a professional photographer and has written two books and all of those things. He's also the producer and engineer of this podcast and video channel. So he's doing very well. And so bottom line is we did not ruin our children by thinking differently and allowing a geographic specific mindset to force us into keeping them in school. And again, I know there's a lot of people maybe listening in that you think that your children have to go to one school. So you have to stay in a house not travel, not do things. I'm just trying to bust that up a little bit now. So that's one thing that that I wanted to kind of address here. That was one of the mindset shifts for us that started us doing that. Second thing that was kind of big for us, we, we had a real estate company in the early 2000s that I'll maybe share more details about. I actually shared about the collapse of those companies in season one. But it was primarily in the metro Atlanta area, and most people would say that real estate is a geographic-specific business. We were dealing with it with a few counties on the east metro side of Atlanta, and we put some structure in place, some systems. I'm an industrial engineer from Georgia Tech, so systems and things are important, but I started pushing myself to see if it's possible to put some structure in place with that company, with those businesses, and live in a place differently than the business was actually going on. This was early 2000s. Internet was starting to grow and do some cool things. We were starting to see technology with phone systems and and some digital options and things like that and websites. And so what we did was we moved about an hour east, farther out into the country of where our geographic footprint was for our business and I we did some things really well during that time we didn't do some things well we learned a lot but it really just started expanding my mind to thinking what would it be like to have a business and earn income that wasn't geographically specific and and I know some people have jobs that they require you to be in an office and some people even have businesses that you need to be in one location but But there are many things out there that do not necessarily require you to be there all the time. And there's even some traditional businesses that you may not have to be there all the time. And we'll talk more about that in in future episodes when we talk about making money and starting businesses and doing business on the road. So that was the second thing that started reframing the way we think and the way we the way we were looking at business. First thing was schooling of our children and our children needing to be in one location and geographic specific. Second thing was business. And then the last thing, of course, was the big one. It wasn't something that we did ourselves. It was something that was forced on us, but that was basically not living in a home, not living in what's really referred to as a sticks and bricks location where where you've got all your stuff or most of your stuff underneath one roof, 
you stay in that one spot and you may go on vacations and you may travel, but you're in one location. And again, that was almost six years ago now in 2013 for us. We basically were forced out of our home and we came to realize that it is very possible and there are people out there that they do not have homes by choice. Some maybe not so much choice, but some it's by choice and they choose to live a nomad type life. And that is a mindset that I will say, I am not sure that myself and my wife would have come to that decision if we had not really been forced to do it. I'd like to think I'm that open and that we're creative and things like that, but we got a good kick and I'm talking about it now just to plant the seeds with some of you that it is possible. And I'll tell you, it's possible in a way that could have high costs, like you can travel and live in Airbnbs or you can travel in you know, $400,000 motor coaches and some of the things we see in the RV parks that we're in. Or you can also do it lower cost with house sitting or, or, or other things like that. Or there are many people that have taken old RVs or trailers or ours was a little bit older when we bought it and just done a little bit of fix up, taking whatever they have at the time, maybe a pickup truck or getting a Class A or Class C motorhome. We'll talk more about that in the episode specifically focused on RV living. And you can just go start doing it. Now, are there costs involved? Yes, but there is, there's land that you can go live on. The government has BLM land, Bureau of Land Management, that there's typically no cost. You can stay there for two weeks at a time, maybe longer in some spots. And there's no charge there. You know, you have to put gas in the vehicle and things like that. But there are just so many different ways of living out there. And all this specific episode in this season is about is getting you to think differently and understand possibilities so that you do not feel locked in. You don't feel trapped. You don't feel like there's only one option for you. There are many, many options out there, and that's what the thinking differently, living differently, and and just operating from a different mindset is all about. So a few other things that I just want to talk about as we kind of wrap up this episode is there's no reason to jump into this unless you really feel like you're being led to. It was a process for us. I mean, really, if I go back to the to the early stages of, of the way that, um, that we went through about our homeschooling. That was a process for us. It wasn't necessarily a snap decision. Obviously, the way we did our business was a process. And really, it was a process of going through downsizing, uh, digitizing a lot of the things we owned, getting rid of a lot of the things, selling them off. All of that was a process. It was not quick. It was not overnight. And so, especially those of you that might have businesses, might be entrepreneurs, might have a spouse, might have family, this is something that if it just plants a little bit of seed, gets you thinking, maybe it's something that you can start talking about or thinking about. Maybe this will just maybe get those juices flowing. Uh, There's a few other things that I want to mention about this that are just kind of benefits as far as thinking. We live in a very digital world today. I find it ironic or 
contrasting or whatever the word is that we are so digital in so many things but yet in many ways we're so fixed and let me just give you a few examples that that we realized as we were going through this process while we were going through our downsizing and we actually have a whole episode in the season that we're going to be talking about downsizing and minimalism and essentialism and how to go about doing it but while we were going about that we had a we had a family friend that went through a house fire and in this house fire they lost a lot of things they lost some family heirlooms they lost some pictures and images that were very important to their family and their memories and when they lost it those were the only copies they had and so it really got us thinking about what's important what's not important what are the things that we value and what are the things that are just it's just stuff for us and so so we really had to go through a lot of reflection on on what was what we valued you know we valued experiences not necessarily things we value things that have a memory to them that's that's a valuable memory pictures of family from way back when not necessarily a coffee mug that may have been grandma's coffee mug and you know hey if your grandma has a special coffee mug and she's no longer around and you need to keep it I'm cool with that but but probably grandma doesn't care about the coffee mug. So those are some things that we really had to ask ourselves. And I just challenge you to ask yourself similar questions. It really led us on an interesting journey also with digitizing all of our things and images and putting as much as we could on the cloud and, and how we went about storing things and putting things away. And, and again, as we'll talk about in future, future episodes, what we kept, what we didn't keep and and all of those type items. And then the last thing that I want to talk about here is it's, it's got a little bit of a spiritual tone to it, but I believe, I believe this is important for those of you that might have a spiritual relationship with God or, uh, you know, with the Heavenly Father that you believe maybe instructs you and guides you along the way. We, we are that way and we've been that way for many years. During the the time that we were going through a lot of our challenges where we were moving towards being forced out of our home and being nomads, we would just ask all the time, Lord, what is it that you want us to do? We just want to be obedient and go where you want us to go and do what you want us to do. If that's business that we've got a lot of skills in, we'll do it. If it's ministry, if it's going to Africa and feeding the poor, which obviously a lot of people in our faith, it's sometimes almost a joke. Oh, Lord, you're going to send me to Africa to feed the poor, and all that's good. That's fine. But I I do want to say this. One of the things that we realized was that when we were very comfortable, and there's nothing wrong with being comfortable, we were very comfortable and felt really good about our possessions and all that we had living in a resort community, golf course community. We had relationship with the Lord. I I believe that we did, but it would have been very difficult for us to go and do something with all of that stuff. In fact, during that time, during our times of prayer and sometimes just crying out to the Lord, we would say, Lord, what do you want us to do? And we almost felt that he would respond to us. It's hard for me to send you where I want to send you living in this big old house with all this stuff. And I do want to say this right 
right here. There's nothing wrong. God does not mind if you have a big house or have a bunch of stuff. He just, my opinion here, he just doesn't want all that stuff to have you and to own you. So part of our journey was probably going through a purge so that we just got to where we didn't think much about stuff, houses and things like that. And I noticed this, especially when I was in a Bible school environment where a lot of people are just hyper spiritual and and they would come and visit Bible school and they would really feel like they're supposed to come to Bible school. But their comments would be, well, I can't come until I sell my house, get a new house, you know, get everything situated, all those type things. And it just because of the journey we had gone on. And I do, don't want to say that I'm insensitive to that, even though this statement's probably going to sound insensitive, is, is just it really made me realize the value of how we had been purged of a lot of that. That wasn't a question for us. And we felt that we should go to Bible school and just study the Word and study, you know, our relationship with the Lord more. We were living in a van. We, we didn't have a home. We didn't really have a lot of stuff. And I just realized how many times we allow all of these things, all of the possessions we have, all the things that we claim to own, they can slow us down if we need to make a move, if we need to do something differently, if we need to go down a different path, and we, we don't want to make those type changes. And, you know, we've all heard the statement, you can't take it with you, and, and that all these possessions don't really mean that much. And I just know for me, personally, we'll talk more about this in future episodes, I needed to go through quite a bit of purging because for me, I, I was a little bit concerned about what other people thought. I probably had a pretty high need to impress other people, even though I probably would not have admitted it at, at the time. And I had quite a bit of comfort in the house I lived in, the cars I drove, and the stuff that I had tucked in, stored away. And so that was a bit of my journey. And I think that to me is maybe the big message that I want to get across in this this episode is, is begin considering what do you own and what actually owns you and really analyze what it is that might prevent you from doing something cool creative if it's travel if it's helping someone if it's doing something different and then asking yourself is that something that you really value or do you really want to be able to stretch out and dare to be different and dare to be whatever it means to you dare to be a nomad and live the nomad life. Well, this has been a fun episode. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for allowing me to just share a little bit with you. And I appreciate all the people that are listening in on the Seek, Go, Create podcast. I ask that you share this and like it in the platform that you're listening to and just allow us to keep to keep interacting. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seek, Go, Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new, we are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.